Hello and welcome to Random or Nintendo 32, a very special episode coming to you on what better holiday than Boxing Day, December 26th. Uh, we're recording it on December 25th. And uh, my co-host here gave me the best Christmas gift of all, something to do for a Jewish boy with nothing to do on Christmas. So to my virtual left, we have Angel. I'm here. And to my virtual right, we have Kevin. Here to celebrate our favorite Jew. <laughs> and I was about to ask you, I was about to flip that the other way and say, how's your guys' Christmas? Because you actually probably did something, I would imagine. Uh, not really. This is just a... Uh... Christmas Eve and Christmas Day for my household, at least, was pretty much, you know, just like regular days. Uh, we didn't really celebrate. Typically, we do celebrate this year, not so much. Ah. No reason for it. We just didn't. I see. I see. What about you, Angel? You you have a, a growing family. Not really much to say either. I mean, we have some family over, and that's pretty much it. Any good gifts? Um, there was a nice sweater. I don't know. Do you want me to describe the sweater? Um, that, that's your prerogative, good sir. Yeah, there was some good gifts. Well, we could leave it at that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we have gifts to give ourselves. So every year at the end of the year, we celebrate the best of everything we have consumed with our eyeballs, our ear holes, and other parts of our bodies. I don't know where I'm going with this. But anyway, it is the Quarantinis, uh, an award that's named for a thing that's no longer happening. But yes, we, we once a year go back and reflect on everything we've liked from movies to shows to music to games to events to just things in life. Um, and it's the most prestigious of awards because there is no actual physical award. It is such an honor to receive a quarantini from Random or Nintendo that you just get a good fuzzy feeling if you even hear that you got one and nothing else. It's essentially bragging rights. It's bragging rights, but like to the nth degree. Yes. So... um so to all the winners that are about to happen, um, you don't know what's coming, but you're going to be so – you're just going to feel so warm and fuzzy inside. So <laughs> get ready. Um, but yeah, I think – do we all have a, a drink or a tuxedo or neither or both? Are we ready to like dive into the most prestigious random or Nintendo of the year? Let's do it. I have a Rockstar Pure Zero Silver Ice with me. Oh, that that has enough word – enough um, – Enough um, descriptive words added to yeah, it. That sounds like it. a fancy drink. <laughs> yeah, I have water that, for the sake of this episode, I will pretend is a gin and tonic. You know that move? Okay. Yeah, yeah. just so it seems like we're doing something fancy. But okay, um, let's dive in. We're really just cutting to the chase because, you know, award shows run long always, so we just, just dive right in. Um, first up, the first category of the 2023 Quarantinis, Best Game. And how this works, real quick, for those at home that have not witnessed the glory of the Quarantinis, we just do a round robin where we all pick our winner. There's no universal winner. It is three winners, one for every person. Sometimes they overlap, sometimes they don't. So really a and lot of may people. I, people may I interject as well? It's not yeah. necessarily best game. It's our favorites. Game. That's a good point. These are, all, these are all favorites. That's a good point. The one thing I forgot and, to mention. Yes. And also, not necessarily that this might be the case for this Quarantinis, as it has in the past, but it's not necessarily something that was released this year it could have been something new that you experienced this year so like let's say let's say <laughs> this okay i'm just gonna say it do it in my mind for whatever reason i was thinking schindler's list and i was gonna say imagine you just saw schindler's list for the first time this year uh and you enjoyed it you could pick that <laughs> as your favorite movie <laughs> apologies that is, that to the, a, the room. yeah it uh what a christmas gift this is becoming <laughs> 
yes. Um, Funny exactly, you say Schindler's yeah, List. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I did watch Jojo Rabbit you, for the first time this year. I learned a lot about World War II. No. And I was up there, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it it's uh, that. thank you for clarifying that, Kevin. Yeah, I mentioned before it's what we consumed, but it isn't what's new. It's what we individually have consumed for the first time. Yeah, it's new to us. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, so without further ado, who would like to be the first one to share their favorite game of 2023? It's like a start. It's a little anticlimactic, but... For me personally, um, I would have to have beaten this game for it to be an actual contender. And this year, I only beat one game. And even then, I don't know if I can really call it. Well, I can't call it a level game because it was DLC. The only thing I beat this year was the Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge DLC. So just by a technicality, it wins the award, which I'm perfectly fine (laughs) with because... You know, it entertained us on our flight back from New Orleans. Covered that whole time, which was really nice. It was a fun little roguelike kind of experience. Um, It kind of reminded me why this game was so much fun. And, you know, it made me want to go back and play it some more, which means the DLC was very successful. Like, it had nods to the origins of the Turtles, different continuities of the Turtles, different characters it crossed over with. You know, it... It was really, really well done, and if anything, if it hadn't been for the fact that it was the only thing I rolled credits on this year, it probably would have been overshadowed by, you know, those, you know, bigger games, which, in a way, I'm kind of glad it worked out this way. Because there were potentially a lot of really great contenders, which, at this point, may fall to next year. Because I also noticed on my little log that the last two years, 2022 and 2021, I played about... 10 games about and i did complete every single one of them this year i started like seven games and yeah like i said i only finished this one but yeah like the other ones like i mean i talked about how i started final fantasy 7 this year that's been great so far i started that in january but i didn't really get really into it until like september and then obviously i started re4 had never fully played any version of re4 but I decided to wait for the VR version. And then obviously Metroid Prime 4 Remaster, which I almost beat, but at some point I just kind of stopped. Um, not because, you know, it was boring, but I had beaten that game dozens of times in the past. So it was just more of like, a, eh, I'm not satisfied with it. I don't need to really need to play more. And then, you know, you had your Street Fighter 6, Super Mario World, Sonic Superstars, but I don't really know where those are going to land. But yeah, that's that's my pick. Shredder's Revenge DLC. The multidimensional thing. But yeah, super awesome. If you still haven't played Shredder's Revenge, like beat him up. Uh, dimensional Shock. There you go, yeah, Dimensional Shell Shock. So yeah, that's Angel's pick. Congratulations to the Ninja Turtles. Um, yep. It's good I don't have that qualifier on my picks, because then I'd never pick a game of the year ever if I had to roll credits on it. If you know what I'm saying. Anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, Kevin, what about you? What's your what's your game of the year? Uh, sort of a wild horse. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Lethal Company. It's huh. I I talked I talked about it a while ago, but I didn't play a lot of AAA games this year, and of those that I did, not that I needed the qualifier, but I just didn't finish. So I played, you know, I played Spider Man Two and really really enjoyed that, but I still haven't finished it. Um, but I think the the game that has brought me the most joy this year has definitely been Lethal Company. Just, you know, having a bunch of goons 
<laughs> the goon squad of of me, uh, Elvis, and our other friends just trying to, you know, uh, meet this quota by going into these factories and fi- finding random junk around while being haunted by monsters uh, has brought some of the funniest moments that I've had ever while gaming um, to the point where, like, if there's four of us playing, all of us have uh, are are like ready to record at any moment's notice because of just the amount of hilarity that this game uh, brings brings to the table. And then at the end of each session, we all bring up our videos like, "Oh, this is what I recorded." And then it's like, "Oh, you got that moment here. Watch it from my point of view." It's just it's brought a lot a lot of fun uh, that I've needed from, uh, and it's like a nice little break, you know. I do like my my single player games, my Baldur's Gate 3, my Liza P, my Spider-Man. But then you know, you guys know that I also play a lot of like live service games, so I play a lot of Apex, a lot of, I play way too much Marvel Snap. I play a lot of Valorant. <laughs> I recently got back into Final Fantasy 14, but this is a, Genshin. a much needed No, I stopped Genshin. Oof, thank God. Um But yeah, like I, like I said this this brought a much needed break of like play it, it's not a live service game. Although, you know, they do updates every now and then. Um, but it's just something nice and something nice to experience with with a couple of friends. So, for that reason, I'm giving it to Lethal Company. Congratulations, Lethal Company. Um, I guess that makes it my turn. Um, this year was kind of tough, actually. Because, like, there are three... Like, Nintendo put out a lot of good... Well... Once they got past the summer, like Zelda on, they put a lot of good original new stuff, Zelda, Pikmin, Mario. Um, But in terms of like time consumed, Mario Kart 8 would have taken the cake, like really across all facets of my leisure time this year, because obviously it's a big part of the movie. And obviously it's that Nintendo World, the theme park, Uh, but it doesn't necessarily. And I definitely like according to the Switch hour, you know, like the year in review, like how many hours you played. I The most I played this year was Mario Kart 8 because they kept putting out new tracks and you know, there's a couple of friends I play with online and that'd always just be what we default to. So in terms of like raw gameplay time, it should be Mario Kart 8. But just because I played a lot doesn't necessarily mean that like it was my, the thing that stuck with me the most, like the new tracks are fun enough. Like, but like we were saying kind of last episode, like they're not, they don't really, they're not as good as the core game. Um, So I've got to actually give it to Super Mario Wonder, which I don't think is a surprise to really anyone <laughs> because it really what? feels like, I know, shocking. Um, But it really does feel like kind of a, a, a reduct, like a second round of the vibes I had playing Super Mario World as a kid. Like, it's not the exact same game by any means, but like, they're like, eat the, like the, the underlying goal of Mario Wonder that they keep seeing in all the marketing is to like expect the unexpected and to go through a curveballs. And some of those are very scripted. And the more I've played a Mario Wonder, the more it's kind of like, oh, here we go. Time for the Wonder Flower. Time for whatever random scripted thing is going to happen. But nonetheless, I didn't know what the random scripted thing would be. And that plus some of the clever world designs and themes and some of the clever new enemy designs and the fact that it felt so fresh like it really did and does i still mean it remind me of mario world and mario world being my all-time favorite game the fact that like nintendo's able to kind of capture that magic a second time uh it it's you know goes right up to the top of the list for me like i really am enjoying mario wonder um it also is really kind of fun that this game came out of nowhere relatively speaking like, you know, we knew for years that we'd be getting Zelda. We knew for years we'd be getting a Pikmin 4 or thought maybe because Miyamoto told us in 2015 we might one day get a Pikmin 4 that we get a Pikmin 4. But Mario Wonder just kind of 
you know, expecting unexpected, just popped up out of nowhere, was out a few months later and just like hit so many checkboxes for me. And I know when we talked about the game a month or two ago, I was talking about even little things like how it embodied other parts of the Mario experience, like how you share secrets and, and that sort of thing, like how they worked that into the game. Like it just it just all around was a really cool Mario experience that felt fresh. Maybe not as fresh as early um promotional material like the first charm stuff would have led you to believe, but it still feels fresher than some other Mario experiences. And like I said, it still just captures that vibe of Mario World, which is really little did I know I was seeking to experience that vibe a second time. So it's really great that Nintendo sort of delivered that. So, so that's my game of the year. Uh Super Mario Wonder. Or sorry, excuse me, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Gotta put that bros in there. Um yeah, that's my pick. Well, uh very much well deserved. Super Mario Wonder. Ooh. Yes, yes, congrats, congrats to the Mario Wonder team. Uh, you're welcome to come to my apartment and hang out with me if you want your not-trophy, because I'd love to meet you guys. <laughs> anyway, uh, next on the list, I guess, would be favorite movie of the year, which, again, just to clarify, is not a movie that came out this year per se, just a movie you watched this year for the first time, which, Angel, I guess that puts Schindler's List really on the list for you. But what would you say your uh, your favorite favorite movie was this year? Oh, I'm playing first again? Um, you might as well keep the same round, Robin. I don't know. Yeah, movie was interesting because I definitely still watched a lot of movies this year. And, yeah, surprisingly, well, again, maybe unsurprisingly, almost all of my, the ones I had to decide between, I think it was like four or five, they all did come out this year. Except for Puss in Boots. That one was, I think, late last year, but I kept thinking it was a this year movie. It's, it's like one of those award show technicalities where it's like, oh, well, the cutoff date is blah, but, like, yeah, it came out, like, three weeks before the end of the year last year. Yeah, and I think the only other, like, movie that, that kind of left an impact on me but didn't come out this year for sure was the documentaries We Are X and Born Pink for the bands X Japan and Blackpink, respectively, which were also great. But, yeah, I mean, between, I mean, you got a Mario, a great Spider-Man, TMNT, Puss in Boots, and... And even like the boy and the heron, like it was kind of hard to pick between all of those. Although the boy and the heron, I think I would give it more for visuals. Um, I still don't really know how I feel about that movie. I think I need to rewatch it again. Maybe it's like a Toy Story Four situation, where I just wasn't really sure the first time about it, then the second time I loved it. So I don't know. But ultimately, it wasn't even an animated film, or I guess mostly animated. But yeah, I think for me, I'd have to give it to Godzilla minus one. Like, I think more than anything, it just surprised me the most of all those movies. Like, Ninja Turtles, yeah, like, it changed up a lot of things, but it was more like, I'm just glad it didn't suck. That was kind of, like, my initial takeaway. Like, when I think back, it's like, <laughs> like oh, man, I'm just glad it wasn't a bad movie. Like, not that, but not that there isn't much beyond that. It's just that I just enjoyed it. I don't think I necessarily thought like it was like oh my god like everything about the plot and was amazing like there were some jokes that landed there were some that didn't some design choices or some story beats that i thought like oh this is cool other ones that i'm like oh they're still doing this all right that's fine but you know it was like i i like it i like the movie i don't i don't think i wouldn't say it's like my all-time favorite or anything i guess that's literally what i'm saying right now with this award show and that's kind of same thing with mario like mario you know nostalgia overload i mean i saw it easily the most times of any movie ever in my life in theater. I think it was like five or six times. But it just, you know, it, it, it uh, for, at the end of the day, it's kind of surface level, like my love for it. Yeah, like, you know, the references and this and that, but 
that's kind of what it was. Like, I, I would love to see, I don't know if we'll ever get something like this, like one that I love the plot and the things constructed around it almost as much as how great and love and care and attention was handled on, you know, the stuff that we did love about it and the reason we watched it so many times. But, you know, it's not every day that we get like a, I don't even know what to call it. It's like a nostalgia fest because that is easily what was like, you know, caring film for lack of a better term. It's like, it sounds like a bad thing, but they just did such a good job with that nostalgia that it almost breaks it. And then puts in booth, you know, just surprising as heck. But Godzilla, you know, one of the biggest issues that it has always been the people stories. And I enjoyed the people. Stories. I watched it again just to like kind of make sure. Well, also, I was also have to watch it with another friend. But yeah, I still love the people story. It it gets to me in the emotional level that I like emotional stories to get to me to the point that I'm like, oh man, like I love spending time with these people. Oh god damn, Godzilla's here. You know, where Godzilla becomes like the person you want to, you know, chill out and like actually lose for once. But yeah, Godzilla minus one. I I love it. Can't wait for it to come out on Blu-ray or whatever. And I guess to make Jason watch it at some point. Please. Yes, I I do want to. I've just been in sort of a mini lockdown hanging to my wedding, yes. Otherwise, I would have gone with you for sure by now. But yeah, that's all I got. Godzilla minus one. Congratulations, Godzilla. Also, uh, back of the box quote right there for Godzilla minus one. You'll care so much about the people, you'll be like, oh, damn, Godzilla's here now. <laughs> or whatever you just said. Like, Godzilla's not even the star of his own movie. Um, um, Kevin, how about you? It's the, uh, the Godzilla minus one, they're... They released a poster for like the four year consideration, uh, for like award season, mm-hmm. and uh, it's funny the four year consideration right under it says in all categories. So uh, Jesus. can't wow, wait there. to see uh, Goji win best actor for <laughs> minus one. They're swinging for the fences as all categories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're about to get something. Um, hopefully, yeah, yeah, absolutely, they will. Yeah, I mean the thing's blowing up at the box office too, surprisingly. Like, surprisingly, in terms of, like, for an uh, important film. Yeah, it's wild. It's something about... I We talked about this last episode, but it's, it's wild how this one has more of an impact than, like, Shin Godzilla did. Mm-hmm. In terms of, uh, you know, worldwide impact. There is one thing... It definitely helps really... that Monarch and Legendary are so... You know, we're in a way deeper Marvel climate than we were i guess with Shin godzilla mm-hmm. and with i guess godzilla being way more mainstream now i would say you could imagine seeing a lot of people going like oh there's another godzilla yeah i'll check it out and then obviously with like the president has been getting like so many people at work and watch this movie that i've almost had like no or not much interest in godzilla in general it was just word of mouth and that definitely didn't have wish in godzilla because i know plenty of people that have heard really good things about it but i've just never checked it out and Probably won't unless I like show it to them. So we're also at a really interesting like cultural like last couple years like not tipping point but like the idea of like America's a melting pot of cultures like it's really reflected in our content and media for like so much stuff that's blown up. K-pop, Squid Game, Godzilla minus one, Boy and the Heron being the first time Miyazaki film debuted at number one on the U.S. box office. Like there is something now that's happening where people don't seem to care about the origin of content. As long as it's good, they'll enjoy it. 
as long it doesn't even have to be in English. As long as it's good, they'll enjoy it. Like that seems to be picking up, you know, the Latin pop music explosion in the last few years with like Bad Bunny. Like that seems to be in J Balvin and Rosalina and all them. Um, but that seems to be kind of like more and more of a thing. So it's I, I think that's partly where the success of Godzilla minus one is coming from. Because even in the time of Shin Godzilla, I feel like there wasn't quite that same pull about like international content as there is now. So mm-hmm. worked out very nice. I mean, it helps that, that, you know, Godzilla minus one's supposed to be very, very good and just won your quarantine angel. But it does seem like there's some sort of bigger shift happening where we're not being as picky about our content being in our native language or from our native place as we were 10, 15 years ago. So I, I would guess more of this will be happening in the future than less. Yeah. Yeah. Well, looking forward to that. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, are you, Kevin? Yeah. Another like wild, wild horse or wild card pick because I've seen a lot of good movies, but I think the one that, the biggest smile on my face was probably Scream 6. Um, I love the Scream franchise. I love every single movie with the exception. Uh, no, like, Scream 3 it sucks, but, like, it's a good kind of suck where, really? like, I will, I will watch that movie and enjoy it still. Um, but Scream 6, man, the, the change in setting, the new focus or, like, uh, a better focus on the four main characters Plus, it did some things that the previous five screen movies hadn't done. It just, it was just a, a nice melting pot of everything that I love about the series and everything that I looked forward um, towards new installments. Which, man, Spyglass has fumbled Scream 7 in a way that <laughs> no movie has ever been fumbled as much as, as that movie has been. So. Um, even if Scream Six is now essentially the final entry in the in the series, as it honestly quite seems to be, unless Spyglass uh, sells the rights, uh, I think I'd be fine. Uh, I think it was a strong enough entry, and I think it definitely has some a definitive end. It it can act, absolutely be a definitive end to the series. Um. I don't know. I I love that movie so much. It's so raw. It's so intense, but it's also so funny. It's got a lot of heart to it. Um, Scream Six is yeah, like it definitely is the, a perfect Scream movie in my opinion. It's still I I would rank it up there with the first one absolutely. Um, you know that first one's a classic, and this one will never get to that status. But in terms of enjoyment, it's definitely up there with that first movie for me. So for that, I'm giving it to Scream Six as my favorite movie of uh, 2023. Congratulations, Scream 6. And also Scream 6 has a little, I don't know if this guy hurt or helped that you just gave it the award. Uh, Mike Chanoa from Linkin Park ties into it. He did some of the music, including mm-hmm. two of the songs on the soundtrack. So <laughs> my new favorite movie of 2023 is... <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I thought you were going to pick Conan the Destroyer. But yes, but... No, absolutely not Conan the Destroyer. Conan the Destroyer, that was a deep pull. Was that... And even then he couldn't like it because I like Conan O'Brien and he'd have to change it again because Conan. Yeah, we saw Different Conan, same a name. A couple so. last week? I don't remember. It was recently. Yeah, we saw it last... Yeah, I think it was last week. Oh, that's why you brought it up. Okay. I was like, that's a really random pull, but okay. <laughs> that random. We all know how big well, a Schwarzenegger fan you are as well. Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Yeah. You like his movies? Yeah. Yeah, some of them. Yeah. Wow. But you know what movie I really like? I bet you guys can't guess what my uh, movie of the year is. Would you have guessed either of ours? 
Uh, I wouldn't have guessed yours, Angel. I would have said it was TMNT. Kevin's, I could have considered Scream being in the running, but I wasn't sure it was that high up his list. But I knew he liked it a lot. But can you guys guess mine? I'm guessing the Mario movie? Schindler's List. Oh. Well, one of no, you's I... right, and I'll let you figure out amongst yourselves who. <laughs> On to the next topic. <laughs> no. <laughs> Second Angel. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, obviously, yes, the Super Mario Brothers movie. I have a very, I had a very Mario year. Um, I think, I mean, Angel, you're not wrong with what you're saying about, like, a big driver of it was the nostalgia and the references and stuff. I also, it's also a movie I've seen more than, not just any other movie this year, but maybe any other movie ever. Like, I saw it, like, four or five times, and I've somehow never seen it the same way twice. So I saw it in IMAX, I saw it in regular, I saw it in Japanese, I saw it uh, in, like, slow motion at your house, I saw it on the back of an airplane seat. Like, I've never just seen it the same way twice. There's always some weird little caveat. But, um, yeah. Now, I think I think the thing about Mario for me is it wasn't so much, you know, the movie lived up to what I was hoping it would be, even if it was on a little shell with the plot. It's that, like, this movie consumed me <laughs> for months. Like, going into it, I got caught up in all the hype. I was, like, and I think I told you guys this at that time, but, like, because it's so rare for a Nintendo thing, because I'm such a nerd, I started seeing billboards around time. Like, you never see billboards for Nintendo stuff. So I, like, would take pictures. I like pictures of every billboard. I, I like, saw pop, like, I was walking down Sunset Boulevard, and there's a huge Mario, but I'm like, oh, I have to take a picture of this. I did that. Like, I went to, like, a drone show they did in Santa Monica on the beach where they, like, had all these Mario animations in the sky. I tried to hunt down, like, the Mario plumbing van um, that they had driving around L.A. I failed because they gave bad directions. But I ended up by sheer luck, actually, Kevin, you were there for this, and then I ditched you and, and one of our friends briefly, ended up sheer luck at the premiere for, like, every possible way I could get excited for this movie. I got excited for this movie. And then I went and saw the movie. At midnight, at a theater that had giant warp pipes at its entrance with a giant Mario banner and a giant floor, like, vinyl. I, like, bought the popcorn tin with the Mario Kart. Like, everything was lying up that. If this movie sucked, I I would be crestfallen. I was so hyped. Like, it was, like, literally, like, eight weeks of lead time of me just building up intense hype every single day. And as far as I was concerned, it delivered. So it wasn't just, like, oh, I saw the movie, Mario movie and I liked it. It was, like... This thing was like two months of my life, <laughs> longer probably, and it and it stuck the landing in terms of my expectations. And I can't recall a movie that I was this excited for ever in this way. I, it, it, there's some I've been anticipating, you know, like the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises I anticipated and I'd like kind of be looking forward to. And I think I saw Dark Knight in theaters a couple of times, but I've never had a movie experience where it, like, it, like it became my identity for two to three months. It was the Mario movie, that movie I'm going to go see at midnight because I'm a Mario fan. Like, it was, yeah. So the fact that it did consume me like that and it did do what I wanted enough that I then saw it, you know, three or four more times happily and I still hold it in high regard like that. There's no movie anytime soon that I think will come close to that. Even when they do the live-action Zelda I can't see myself getting hyped in the same way because we've already kind of been through that once. There has been a Nintendo movie. You know, even there's rumors Illumination is pitching Nintendo a Super Smash Bros. movie, which uh, would have some spinoffs that lead into a Super Smash Bros. And whether or not that rumor is true, like, one, it could totally happen because um, even with the live-action Zelda, there's still Toon Link and there's still concurrent, you know, Zeldas with different vibes. So they could do an animated Zelda. That's fine. But two, even if that were to happen, even if they were to do that, I've already, like, a, Mar a Nintendo movie, a Smash Bros. movie, all the spinoffs, that's already 
happened once. This was like new ground, new territory. 1991 doesn't count in my mind. I was too young. So this is new ground, new territory. And that, the fact that it went as smoothly as it did for me, like, and that I loved it so much. Like, it's it's not just my movie of the year. I would have, I would argue the whole experience of the Mario movie for me was like, there's nothing that's going to top that probably ever with a movie ever again. Like, it was just such a perfect, like, lightning in a bottle sort of moment. So, Damn. so that's my very high praise for the Mario movie and the experiences around it. Um, but yeah, you're, you're not wrong that the movie itself, you know, could have a slightly deeper plot, but um, I still love it no matter what. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about like experiences around the movie, I kind of would have to give it to that just because, you know, I did pretty much just live and breathe that for a good while. But yeah, I think the more I revisit it, the more and more. I would just start to nitpick the movie. But, you know, it obviously isn't a bad thing, but at the end of the day, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, definitely yeah, a, I think a, a even if, chapter, for sure. Like, even if I were to say, like, you know, if I put it up against Spider-Verse, like, yes, Across the Spider-Verse is objectively probably the better movie. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's I don't It's objectively know. the better movie. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't but, think... But, yeah, I don't uh, know. It's just... It's, 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 that's what's nice about the Quarantinis is it's not necessarily... Like, you guys correct me. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, and that's what it's yeah, about. Yeah, so it, it works out really well that, like, I had to... Like, this year, like, not to spoil future Quarantinis uh, that we're giving out today, but, like, this year, the amount of Nintendo stuff and how it unfolded and how it, like, was kind of like this drumbeat all year with, like, the park and the movie and the games and the... I don't know if there's going to be a year of Nintendo that will match quite what happened this year. Obviously, there'll be games people excited will be excited for. There'll be new consoles. But, like, there was so much new Nintendo stuff for the first time. So many ways to experience, like, this nostalgia of these IPs you love in new ways. Like, even if they do a Zelda movie in a few years, this could be paired with the, you know, one of the highest rated Zelda games ever. That's paired with one of the highest rated Mario games ever. That's paired with a theme park. That's paired with a blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, it's, it seems so unlikely that the cadence of 2023 is ever going to happen again. So I'm, I'm, I want to give a quarantine to the year of Nintendo more than anything else. The, my favorite year of Nintendo is 2023, I think. So anyway, that's my best movie. I kind of went a bit of a tangent there, but it's just, there's no chance we're ever going to get something like that again. And it was, it was very special. Yeah. Um, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's movies. Uh, we're switching the show. Do we want to keep the same round robin or should we go in reverse? Or do we want to mix it up and have Kevin go first and put him? Game for anything. Uh, yeah, I don't mind. All right, Kevin, take it. Take it away. Show of the year for you. This year was stacked in terms of TV shows. Yeah. Um, Fargo returned. Obviously, Succession ended. Uh... What am I forgetting? There's a bunch of TV, good TV. Wasn't the Bear season two this summer? The Bear season two was this summer. Yeah. Um, Monarch, which the Godzilla show, the legendary Godzilla show came out. I'm loving that. Um, but uh, I mean, Jason Damn, that good? You call it legendary? Uh, oh. Yeah, I had the same you, thought. You know what I mean. Yeah, that's like, oh, the epic universe, the epic, when they were trying to do the epic monster universe, it's like, wow, do you mean it's epic or do you mean it's called epic? But yeah, yeah. Um... Let me see. Oh, Gen V was this year as well, which I thought was really, really good. Um, no, but I mean, my my favorite show this year absolutely was The Bear Season 2. Um, I loved the first season of The Bear. I I binged that all in one day, and I think the very next day I rewatched it all again, like all eight episodes, and those are like 45-minute episodes. 
Uh, so <clears throat> imagine my surprise when Bear season two comes out and it's every bit as good as season one. And in some places it's even better. And I just love those characters. I love the intensity. I love the emotion of that show. Um, the acting is phenomenal. The needle drops are great. I'm not a huge fan of needle drops, but sometimes a good needle drop will do me in. Um, it's got, yeah, it's got a, everything that I love about TV. The bear embodies it without any problems. Um, and I mean, just for that reason, it's got to be my 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 top pick. They just they announced season three like maybe about two days ago, and man, I cannot be more excited to 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 go back to the bear, to go back to that restaurant, and to go back to all the all the fighting and all the shouting. But at the end of the day, having a good time uh, going through it all. So the bear season two takes it. Congratulations to the bear. I'm going to interject and piggyback because I have been torn up until this moment when we've been talking. Because you're right. This was a crazy year for TV. Pretty much all the shows you rattled off. Like Succession, I thought the ending was very good. Um, The Last of Us, I really enjoyed. And I was waffling between the last last of us. Yeah, I was waffling between The Last of Us and The Bear. I have on my notes both of them written, and I was like, I'll decide in the heat of the moment, and we're in that moment, and I'm giving it to the bear, because I agree. That show, I know you recommended it like a year ago, and you said I particularly like it, and I was like, yeah, no, you're probably right, and I just never got around to it. So when I got around to it, I was blown away. Like, I really, really, really liked it for exactly the reason you're describing. It has such a good balance. It's such, um, it can be so intense, yet also really, like, at times funny and heartwarming, and um, Last of Us was a very close runner-up because I thought Last of Us was an interesting one in that everything I'm picking this year up until I switched to the bear seems to be having roots in video games. And I don't know if that's because it's all Mario <laughs> or what, but Last of Us would have too. But I never played The Last of Us as a game. I never really knew the story outside of a couple of very high-level plot beats. So experiencing it as a show without the point of reference of the game and still loving the show as much as I did, um, that you know, I think that's a testament to the story that Neil Druckmann and 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 uh, Naughty Dog and all of them came up with, and how it works across mediums. And I was very close to still getting it to Last of Us, but honestly, the ending of Last of Us didn't hit me as hard as the first like three quarters of the show. While the bear was consistent throughout, not just season one, but also season two, like very consistent. Like you said, there are some parts of season two that seem even better than season one. Um, so yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna ride on your coattails there and we'll double the award to the bear for both of us. Woo. Yeah. So congrats the bear. Um, what about you, Angel? What, what was your favorite show? Well, why stop at doubling and let's triple that? No, I'm just kidding. I, I, haven't <laughs> I was like, you've never seen it. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen the bear. I, I still don't know. But that train stop you. You should still get it. I know it was described <laughs> here on the show, but I honestly forgot or don't remember what the premise is. I'm going to take a guess. And I want to say it was restaurant related. Is that Correct. right? Okay. Correct. Yeah. All right. And I know Ninja Turtle April from the new movie is someone in that show. And weirdly enough, that's what they call her in the show. Whenever she walks in, I go, hey, Ninja Turtle April. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, I don't think I watched any, that's a lie. Um, yeah, my, my, the shows I've watched, while not many, um, spanned a couple from this year, some from a couple years ago. But, I mean, as far as, like, contenders... I think putting up contenders is always 
it's good how we've been doing kind of like you know award shows you get your your nominee and you just bust out the one that won um i feel like most of you would be able to guess this just based on what have you even talked about but you know i finally got into the boys this year i watched all i'm all caught up i even saw mm-hmm. gen v which i should have known was a thing because the comic-con badges had gen v marketing on them but when i finished season three i was like whoa what is this gen v oh it's the boys the boys but in college and i thought i honestly it gave me like cw vibes just based on like the poster and stuff so i'm all like oh is this gonna be like this kind of show and it kind of wasn't it was basically like the boys jr um except i did really enjoy that they had a character that was basically just apollo justice like to a t with the way he interrogates people and could zoom in slow-mo to like their little nervous tics and figure out whether they're lying and you know bust an objection kind of thing but yeah so you know obviously really enjoyed the boys i feel like kevin and my brother had told me many times that like oh yeah you would like the show and i don't know why i never watched it until now but i really did and obviously invincible had a new season or at least half season i don't think the whole season's out but yeah, they just did, like, a part one. Yeah. So, what's been out, you know, I've, I'm still enjoying that. I still like that show. And then Rick and Morty Season 7 also kind of took me by surprise. This was a season where Justin Renan hasn't was no longer involved, so you had completely new voices for many characters. And I think the first two episodes, as far as just the voices are concerned, you definitely can tell it's someone else doing Rick and Morty, respectively. And... I think about like a couple more episodes then like you pretty much forget or like they definitely grow into the roles a lot more and you're just in it. And this season definitely has some of the funniest episodes in my opinion, as well as a really great season finale. So I feel like I was I'd kind of forgotten about Rick and Morty or was this kind of like I don't wanna say whatever's about it, but definitely in the like, yeah, I'll check it out if it's around. But after this season it kind of won back a lot of goodwill and just like like oh wow now i'm really looking forward to seeing where they go next so yeah rick and morty and then also just to name one more show unicorn by gain tartakovsky um known for samurai jack and primal as well as i guess hotel transylvania but yeah oh and dexter's laboratory um yeah like he had his new show on hbo max very lore heavy in the sense that you could tell they're trying to build like a brand new franchise but it was a fun watch and i definitely enjoyed it while i was watching it but damn i i am really sad that i didn't love it more because i feel like every time i turned it off i immediately forgot what i just watched or what was happening and even like when i was thinking of this list i saw it there i thought i rated it kind of high like an eight out of ten maybe like a seven or eight but yeah, unfortunately, like it just has, it just wasn't like, uh, it didn't build any core memories, but the one show that did, which kind of ironic because about remembering, I guess, or that is Severance. That one definitely late to the party, but damn, it was really good. I'm definitely glad I eventually took Jason's recommendation, Kevin's recommendation. Mm-hmm. Someone's one of you two's recommendation. I'm going to guess it was Kevin's. Cause he seemed I like think it the... was me. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it was me. But, but yeah, everything from the music, <laughs> um, you know, the actor that the, that they were all great. It was great seeing. Um, Christopher Walken was great. Um, I would just call him the guy that got um, urinated on by Bumblebee. Forget his name. Um, and obviously John Turturro. What? 
Oh, that's what you mean. <laughs> in the first movie. Yeah. And obviously just seeing, like, you know, the aftermath of, like, Leslie leaving Ben and all of that. Like, it's, it, it was a great show. And I'm glad it didn't feel like it <laughs> overstayed its welcome. Leslie leaving Ben. <laughs> like, it felt substantial for only being, I think it was five or six episodes. Even though each episode was, like, I'll be, like, an hour long. Like, it was one of the few shows I was happy to give at that time. So, yeah, Cyberpunk. And I even drew, like, a little cockatiel picture from it on my world of wearables because I just enjoyed it that much. And definitely looking forward to seeing what happens next. But yeah, Severus for sure. So, so just just to confirm, because uh, I need to know where to mail the non-existent award. Uh, was it Rick and Morty that ended up getting your quarantine? No, no, Severus. Severus. Oh, it, se- it was Severus. Okay, it sounded like you're saying Rick. It sounded like you were saying Rick and Morty. Okay. No, yeah, definitely well, either okay. Severus. Good. Yeah, that show great. was excellent. That show was great. So yeah, thanks again, Kevin. And yeah. And Jace, uh, whatever. I give up. <laughs> oh, yeah, and thank you, Kevin, for making Jason a Severin theme keyboard. That was also really cool to witness. Yeah, yeah no worries, no worries, no worries. That, that was, it is still very cool to use every single day. Um, while we're talking TV shows, especially because Angel, you mentioned some anime uh, animated ones. Should we dip into a category I don't have a quarantine for and go a little further west with the animated show thought and do your favorite animes of twenty twenty three? Well, anime technically just means animation, so there wasn't any animated show that you watched. I mean, I know you've been watching a lot yeah, of Bob's Burgers. Yeah, but anime specifically... Okay, I know, fine. I know. Bob, yes, Bob's Burgers gets my quarantini for best anime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, if we want to talk about Bob's Burgers, I didn't mention it. I did this year, recently, finish all 14 seasons that exist thus far of Bob's Burgers and the movie. And uh, I think I've said it before on the show, but just throw it out there again. What a fun show. I mean, for someone that likes bad wordplay and puns, I'm guaranteed at least three an episode minimum because they always have two in the intro and they always have one on the menu board at least. But they also throw around puns. They also like it's just like the puns alone make it great. But then the rest of the show around, it's also really good. And what's really interesting is in the later seasons, particularly this past season that's currently ongoing, actually. Um, they're getting a little like artsy and experimental and like they had an episode all about a side character and like how he handles his parents being divorced and like there's some stuff that like had some like emotional weight and it's really impressive to see that they're able to like toy with that on the same show where you know it's everything else that Bob's Burgers is so um, yeah Bob's Burgers is as a result my best anime my favorite anime of 2023 but what's your uh, maybe originated in Japan choices what are you going first? Mm, I I can go I can go first. Yo. Um, I mean, if anybody knows me or follows me on t- on Twitter, uh, you'll know that I have pretty much been nonstop talking about uh Jujutsu Kaisen season two, <laughs> and that is why it's not. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting for right now. Oh oh man, with with JJK season two. I every single time that I bring up this this show uh, in recent times, I always have to go back to that initial time that I talked about this anime on this podcast, where I thought the first season was was very enjoyable but very generic. Uh, but then I read the manga, and then everything afterwards was so so good that I couldn't wait for a second season. And now it's pretty much here, and we're only one episode away from the from the ending. But man, this is easily one of the best shonen anime seasons of all time, for sure. Um, the first five episodes cover uh, Gojo, who is the main 
trio's teacher and it follows his uh time in high school um and that was a very fun and very painful trip but then the next 18 episodes were covering the shibuya incident arc which uh when i gave jjk my favorite manga of the year i think two quarantines ago i talked about how it's probably one of the best shonen arcs of all time and sure enough mappa has gone ahead and adapted what is a top five uh manga shonen arc into a top five uh anime arc there's like an episode in there that's just two characters throwing hands for 20 minutes and it's animated beautifully there's like a good five episode run in this season where i thought to myself uh that's probably if if it's not the best episode of anime that i've ever seen it's definitely the best animated uh episode of anime that i've ever seen uh, but then they just do that for five times in a row where I go, actually, never mind. Last week had nothing compared to this episode and then just repeat that another three times. Um, this season of anime is so, so strong. I know a lot of people have problems with it. There's, there's very little, um, character development. Uh, it's, it's pretty much just 18 episodes nonstop fighting, which as I've stated before, sometimes hype is all I need. I don't necessarily need, uh, you know, interpersonal dynamics between characters. I just want to see just people kicking each other's ass for 20 episodes at for 20 minutes at a time. And that's what season two is pretty much. Um, that being said, MAPPA, the production company needs to chill. There have been some horror stories coming out about this, uh, about the scheduling and the production of the season of JJK. Um, that being said, all thanks to the animators. They're the ones that pour their blood, sweat, and tears into this. Not that god-awful management team. The animators deserve all the money and all the recognition and all the vacation because this season is, is without a doubt a banger. And unfortunately, it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to do that because MAPPA just keeps picking up projects after projects. They just announced a Chainsaw Man movie adapting the next arc in the series. Um, so I'm sure... I'm sure the animators were finally like, oh, we we get to like take a sigh of relief. And then, boom, they just got thrown storyboards for the Chainsaw Man movie. So, animators, we love you. We we don't love the management team. Uh, you guys are in our minds and in our hearts because, like I said, JJK Season 2 is definitely a, a, a masterpiece of an, of an adaptation of two insanely important arcs to, uh, to the series. So, JJK Season 2 gets it. Congratulations specifically mm-hmm. to the animation team and not management. Yes. Yep. Well deserved. What about you, Angel? Oh, man. Yeah, this one was a, a tough one. I still haven't seen JJK, but it sounds more and more intriguing the more I've learned about it. So I wouldn't be surprised if I eventually check it out. But yeah, three of my favorite animes, I would say, of all time have ended this year. Mob Psycho had its final season this year. Agretzko oh, right. had its final season this year and Attack on Titan finished like about a month ago. And I managed to like not see any spoilers for any of them. I don't even think there were spoilers for Agretzko because I think that was an anime first. I don't even know if it has a manga. But regardless though, yeah, it was pretty tough. Um, but ultimately, I gave it to Attack on Titan because Mob Psycho, while I didn't really enjoy the final season, especially the last intro song, I felt season two was a lot stronger just story-wise. Season three felt 
a little disjointed in a way. Like, I still enjoyed it, but it didn't really feel like a season finale. It felt like another season with additional story plots. Like, one thing kind of got resolved, but everything just kind of felt like it just kind of happened quickly. Like, almost like it needed more time to be fleshed out. But, you know, this little... Those are just, like, some of the gripes. And Gretzko kind of had a little bit of the same problem the whole season. Like, I was, like, really hooked into it. But then the last two episodes just kind of felt like, bam, 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 everything just happens and now it's over. And it's like, whoa, like, that was, that, that just kind of ended. But Attack on Titan, that one, unfortunately, had the hardest battle because of how many times it was just on hiatus, or not even on hiatus, just in production. Like, this show started, like, almost 10 years ago. And the final season was the final season for, like, well over a year, which is kind of ridiculous. Maybe two years? I think it was, like, three Jesus. Years. Like, exactly. Like, first it was just Attack on Time, the final another, season. M- with... Another another ma- another MAPPA. Oh, series yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you know, like, I really hope the animators, like, get the rest and, like, actually that they deserve and, you know, especially the money. But... Yeah, like, when they first announced it, they didn't say there was going to be a part two. You just kind of watch it, and then it ends. And you're like, wait, that didn't feel like it ended. And then, like, oh, part two coming soon. And then you watch part two, and then part three coming soon. Then you have a one-hour special, but that wasn't the final one. And then you have another one-hour special, and that was the final one. But by then... Part three was split into three <laughs> parts, if I remember correctly. Yeah, three... So, wait, yeah. did they call them, like, part 3A, 3B, CC, or is it just... Yeah, there was at one point, it was... Attack on Titan, the final season, part three, final chapter. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's 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 some uh, Wii U style branding right there. That's rough. Yeah, I mean the show went on for yeah. so long. Like, I mean at this point, I feel like I want to rewatch it now that it's all done and I can actually not have to rewatch it during the run just to remember like what was happening because it was literally that long between seasons sometimes. But long story short, I managed to not investigator look at how it ended in the manga so the only ending i saw or know about so far is the one in the anime and surprisingly it kind of ended how i expected it would but i thought that was a good thing because i i don't know it's one of those shows that it's kind of impossible to predict how it's going to end simply because of the i guess the power and the powers that are available in the show like the first two seasons i don't even think like reveal like the whole, I guess the aspect I'm getting to with the Attack Titan secret power and all of that, that basically always throws you in for a loop and always has a bunch of surprises. And sure enough, like, yeah, the last episode was kind of, you know, a little heartbreaking, a little like, like emotionally moving, but also just like pretty satisfying, like action wise as well. But man, yeah, it just feels like the end of an era. Like, I can't believe the show is just finally over like i mean i know there's like a high school spinoff somewhere that doesn't really make much sense but yeah as far as the core show goes yeah that was definitely i'm really happy with how it ended i know there's been some discourse when the manga ended that it wasn't great or it was or maybe just indifferent i don't know i couldn't really remember if it was widely disliked or widely met on but however that one ended. I definitely like how the anime ended. Maybe it was the same. Maybe it's a little different. I know Kevin knows, but I know he, you both. But there but was yeah. a there was something that was like slightly different to it. It wasn't that big of enough of 
a deal for it, though. Uh, but yeah, I give it to Attack on Titan. Especially in a year Question. when I saw Red Swan perform live like four times. Like, it definitely felt very appropriate. It was definitely to show my mind a lot. But yeah. Another Question. Show. Yeah, I'll agree. You mentioned there's a high school spinoff. I just want to confirm. Is it human? Are the Titans in high school? Is it like Muppet Babies of Titans? Who's in high school? What's the high school? It looks like the main characters are in high school. It looks like there's Titans there. Like Okay, but the Titans aren't in high school. It's the human protagonist. I'm not sure. It looks like it's like a giant high school for the Titans, and the kids are also uh, there in high school, but they're okay. just small for some reason. I haven't looked okay. much into it except for like the intro, and I'm like, what the heck is this? But So it's Rugrats all grown up in reverse, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not like they ever aged them differently. They were already high school age in the show. They just gave them a normal childhood upbringing instead of, of, of whatever. going to high school yeah huh interesting yeah okay yeah okay well congrats to attack on titan and again to the animators and not management <laughs> um i feel like most award shows uh there's usually like musical performances but we can't afford those nor do we have connections to anyone that could perform that is worth noting um so instead should we just talk about our favorite music of the year and we could, and people can put it to a melody in their heads. Define music. Uh, <laughs> I uh, whatever you enjoy listening Collection. to. Like, are you gonna, like, are you gonna, so we'll like, are you gonna give us like a favorite artist, a favorite song? So, a favorite so we possibly have done favorite yeah. album. Favorite album? Oh damn! The science or art of ordering tones and sound <laughs> succession in combination and temporal relations to produce a composition having unity and continuity. There you go. What was your favorite temporal relation of 2023? Very simple question. <laughs> no, but um, I think in the past we've done like favorite album of the year or thing you've listened to most. But the concept of an album kind of ebbs and flows these days. There's a lot like artists that put out like two or three small EPs instead of an album. So I don't want to just say album. So what's been your top favorite piece musical, of music? Yeah. Fa- or your favorite musical thing this year. Not concert. That, that's its own sort of category. But like your favorite thing to listen to. Wait, you're going first? Do you want me to go first? I don't know. Somebody I'll, go, somebody first. Go, I'll first. go first. I'll go first. Sure. Here you're the MC. You, you, everyone. Uh, you, you've called out someone. Something Mike Shinoda that... Yes, try Mike Shinoda plus the rest of the band. Yes, uh, Linkin Park did their 20th anniversary of Meteora this year. Big box Best set. Linkin Park album. There you go. For once, you're on my side with Linkin Park. Uh, yes, but it's... Um, yeah, it was the 20th anniversary. They put out back in April... A huge box set. It's like 200 bucks. Comes with all these vinyls. Comes with all these CDs. Comes with this art book. Comes with all sorts of stuff. And it included a Lost Demos disc, which was like six songs with full vocals, including one called Lost, fittingly, that was done, like finished. And they just decided not to release it. It sounded a little too much like a different song on Meteora to them. Um, But it was just really cool to, like, be a big Linkin Park fan. And, you know, five years after going on six years after Chester passed and... So long after the band seemed like it basically, you know, Mike Shinoda would do solo stuff like Linkin Park was kind of done and over with to have all these like polished demos and finished sounding songs just kind of resurface and be like EP lens plus a whole nother side of that same disc that was um, like instrumentals or had like occasional rap verses or stuff. Like it was just really cool to kind of be able to dip back in to what was Linkin Park. And it sounds like it sounds so familiar because it fits the vibe of Meteora so well, but it's all new. 
So it's like it's like this weird like nostalgia for something I've never heard before, and it was just really cool to have that. And the box set's really nice and super well packaged, and it's just a really cool like thing as a Lincoln Park fan to be able to kind of dive back into the band in a way that I didn't think would ever be possible because I had no idea they would ever you know release stuff like this. So. Yeah, so that's my pick at least. Um, it also helped that they did a Q&A and I got to go see a few of them for the first time since um, the Chester Tribute show at the Hollywood Bowl. So it's like right, the first right. official Linkin Park event. Um, but that's another story. The point is the album. So yeah, that's my pick, Meteor 20. Um, now to throw it, I'm just going to pick someone random. Kevin, how about you? Uh, I don't know if I talked about this, but I'll probably give it to uh, Cracker Island, the album from Gorillaz. Ah, that's a pretty good album, yeah. Don't remember if I talked about this or not. I don't recall. I know. I feel like you and I have. I just don't remember if we did on a recording <laughs> or if we just happened to strike it up one time that we were in person. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Cracker Island, uh, the first uh, – no, because I've I've definitely enjoyed uh, Plastic Beach and some of the other uh, girls' albums that have come in before uh, or after Demon Days. The album that they had, like, you know, their their biggest hits, Feel Good Inc. and uh, and whatnot. Uh, but Cracker Island, it's just a very, it's very. How do I put it? Put this. It definitely doesn't sound like any Gorillaz album that came before it. Um, and it's just it's just an album full of like good vibes. An album that you know you you put on on your car while you drive in the rain. It's a very chill album. It's probably. I don't know if I call it my favorite girls album. Um but still like I said the the vibes in that and for that album are are like immaculate. Some some really great songs. Baby Queen is is one of my favorite girls yeah, tracks Baby of Queen's all time. Good. Yeah. Um you know uh what which one is it? I think Stupid Ape. I, I don't remember which one. Skinny it, Ape. Which one it is. Skinny Ape. Skinny Ape. Yeah, Skinny Ape I love. Uh the title track Cracker Island's amazing. Uh it's it's got full it's it's just got bangers after bangers it's 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 such a good album um yeah so for that I'll, i'm giving it to cracker island I, I will say to your point about cracker island um and the vibe being a little different like they leaned on different collaborators on that one like they had like thundercat and like tame impala and like stevie nicks of all people mm -hmm. so like that contributed i think to the kind of more chill sort of more almost like indie rock sound yeah times. absolutely yeah yeah and occasionally they dip out of it like they had bad bunny on a song and that one always felt kind of like a odd one out on that album but um, that was not a great song yeah exactly like it doesn't really belong there but like the vibe of it yeah you're right that, that was a that was a pleasant surprise yeah what about you angel or and congrats gorillas and congrats lincoln park uh but angel what about you uh what would you say was the music you were most enjoying in 2023 oh man there was also this was definitely a very musical year for angel as um i call it at one point the uh, angel's year of concerts because i definitely went to more concerts than ever um but obviously that's because i started listening to a lot of different music although that being said unsurprisingly i guess 90 percent of it did originate from japan and even looking at my spotify replay i had ref one on there twice um one was just the instrumental version and one was the vocal version and I think above that was a track from The Last Rockstars and as well as another track from X Japan, all three of which share Yoshiki, the main composer and drummer and pianist. So they definitely had a huge impact this year, as well as also um, Idol by Yoasobi. Like that one, 
damn, I got super addicted into that one. It was kind of like a drug at some point. But I think um, overall, though, the one that... And I guess I could give it to this album, but I think the one that definitely hit me the hardest, and I think probably for a lot of the reasons that we were praising the Mario movie, it's just the the Mario movie soundtrack. That one, mm. man, I listened to that one. So I, I think any of all the aspects of the movie, the soundtrack, I would say, is definitely the best part. And I use an asterisk as in what is in the soundtrack specifically, because not everything made it into the movie that we would have liked that is in the soundtrack aka the the donkey kong track which yep. was yeah like criminally missing and yeah and so like definitely the and, and not but more more so just than the the excellent musical nods to various different like mario games across the years but i also have to like just give it up for peters i i knew like, we all knew as soon as Jack Black was cast that, like, all right, he's going to sing something. And I wasn't too optimistic. Even when I found out that the song was called Peach, and it was like an ode to Peach, I still didn't hear it until I saw the movie. And, yeah, the song was silly. It was very tongue-in-cheek. And it's probably the song I hear kids sing the most just because it's, you know, it's just a very fun song to sing, I guess. Just Peaches over and over again. But the fact they made it work so well in the movie, in my opinion, and also just like, you know, with the the tone of Bowser himself in the movie, I thought it worked really great. Like, what could have been, like, one of my least favorite and cringiest parts of the movie ended up being one of my favorites. And I think for that, I definitely have to give, like, Brian Tyler, like, major props and obviously Jack Black. I forget how much of that he contributed to the song. I know it was like, they already had the song and they just gave it to him and he kind of finished it up. But, yeah, just the Mario movie soundtrack, but, you know, especially extra shout on the on the back end to, you know, Last Rockstar is extra fan in them, but definitely the Mario movie soundtrack. Takes How my do pick. you feel with that, knowing that you felt that, that, that you know, congrats to the Mario movie soundtrack and Ryan Tyler and Jack Black. How do you feel um, that Jack Black has been doing interviews like a week ago? And was saying that while well, he hasn't heard anything about a sequel yet, which, you know, Nintendo always takes forever to decide on sequels, um, he would be in favor of Mario movie's sequel being entirely a musical. I wouldn't want that. Same. Okay. Chris Pratt does not sing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not going to be a thing. That's just what Jack Black is saying. He would I like can to enjoy do musicals, like but I like the fact that there was just that one song. Give, if, yeah, if, if, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same, yeah. same. And I know we had fears back when the Mario movie first went to production and everything was rumored. There were rumblings of it being. I mean, unless musical, like, and we were a like song, oh God. unless a unless yeah. a Toad is singing in the actual Toad voice, then yeah, just keep them on. Oh, well, I could watch hours of a Toad singing in a Toad voice. Exactly. Yeah, unless unless they're gonna do that, yeah. then just keep the musical aspect out of it. Not to it, mention, it's like funny you mentioned that because that will come back around later in this very quarantiny broadcast. And not to mention, like yes. the. You know, when the movie was as strong as whenever there were, and, you know, just another aspect of the fact that it's a Mario movie, like, it's at its strongest when it's doing really good call-outs of stuff we love, and it's at its yep. weakest when it tries to be original. Like, even though they replaced this song with I Need a Hero, the Bonnie Tyler song, the song that was supposed to be in there, I'm like, eh, I guess I could have taken it or leave it. But it was like an original composition by Brian Tyler. For the movie, and it was basically like 
what they're trying to push is like the Mario Brothers theme. Like it plays a couple times throughout the movie as like the new Mario Brothers theme. And like every time they play it, in my head I'm just like, alright, stop trying to make this a thing. It's not as cat right, it's, it's right. like the whole like fetch thing. Yeah. Like like yeah, like come on. Like it's no. Yeah. It's like this is a Mario movie. Like you have so many things to work off of. And it sounds kind of not super great to say, but it's like just stick to what you know is working. Like, you know, basically don't yeah. don't reinvent the Mario wheel. Like we're here to see stuff that we know we're familiar with, which is why I have such a like weird relationship with this movie as far as like how I would rank it. Because to me, like I couldn't give something like this. Like it feels shallow, but that's exactly why I would want this. That's exactly what I wanted this movie to be. So mm-hmm. it's weird. It's, it's like its own thing. It's I've you know never it's had a movie but... make me feel like this. But yeah, but yeah, um, Brian Tyler and the and the music team at uh, the Mario movie. Congratulations on interpreting existing tunes. Don't make your own new tunes is what I hear you saying. <laughs> yeah. I think I have creative yeah. flourishes in I'm, there. I'm just being facetious. Nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, even the Superstar um, theme want... maybe had like three seconds worth of actual Superstar-ness in there, and the rest is kind of original. But the way they yeah. made it all flow together like felt great. Definitely much better than it would have been if they had gone with Jump. Which and there's yeah. absolutely a very specific, like very high skill involved in interpolations and reinterpretations and remixes and all that. Like it's not, you know, you can't just like flip a switch and be like, all right, here's the Mario theme in this way. Like you gotta have some good foundational skills to be able to come anywhere near that. Yeah, so it's still props to them, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, that reminds me. I'm going to throw in one little, like, runner-up for music. This one's kind of a weird one. So, um, Charles Gambino didn't come out with any music in the last couple of years. But a bunch of his stuff from a few years ago started leaking. And to the point of, like, people interpreting things. And it was, like, unfinished. Some of it was unfinished. Some of it was kind of rough. And, like, the fan community came together and actually, like, finished it up and like cleaned up the production and like mixed together different versions and like a lot they do this for a lot of artists i know that like back before he went off you know like off the deep end he went off of like the kanye fan community did a whole bunch of this sort of editing too but in the case of charles gambino um they ended up making like a whole bunch of different versions of these tracks that leaked and i ended up putting together this album that got leaked in bits and pieces was supposedly gonna be called almanac and I ended up putting together kind of like a best of selection. I made my own Childish Gambino album out of all these different fan edits and leaks and, and you know, people that would master unmastered tracks and stuff. And it actually, I was looking through my stats. It got a lot of playtime this year. So in terms of official music release, I gave it to Linkin Park. In terms of unofficial music release, maybe Childish Gambino's Almanac as edited by his fans. Like it's, it's actually a really cohesive sound and album and it, it's it's... Yeah, it and it, it, I feel like I had a hand in it because I like curated my version of the album how I wanted it. Like it, oh. it was kind of a fun experience to do. Um, the thing I will say is I don't condone leaks. Like it sucks that people's laptops get stolen, but once they're out there, like I wouldn't like people pay for them, and I think that's stupid because like don't make money off someone else's work. But if they're out there and they're floating around YouTube or whatever, sure, edit them. I'll take them, but I, I would not. I'd be perfectly happy with them not being out there type of thing but yeah it was actually kind of a fun little project it was like uh early summer i was doing this it was like over a three-week stretch there's like a trash gambino discord that was like everyone was like working on their edits together and would like upload them and stuff so 
like uh, your point about like rearranging Mario themes kind of reminded me of it. But yeah. Well, so bonus half award. Good job, them. Childish Gambino. What? So good job, Childish Gambino. Yeah, good job on stuff you did like four years ago that then some other people spruced up. So uh, we'll send, we'll cut that quarantini in half, and we'll give Gambino, Don Glover, in the mail, get half of a quarantini, and then we'll uh, figure out who else gets the other half. Maybe Discord for hosting the server that it all happened on. I don't know, but yeah. So that's music. <laughs> um, what else we got? I think this is where the where the categories start to get a little. We start to play around with like what is an award as we define it because it's anything we want it to be. So next, technically, was like event or outing or things like that. Personally, I'm going to split that for myself into outing and concert. But I don't know how you guys want to approach it. But what's like a big thing you did in the world that you really enjoyed in, in uh, 2023? It could be a concert. It could be something else. It could be both in one. Hmm. I guess in theory, I could have a separate concert. I mean, I know I've talked about the the last Rockstars concert I went to in January, where it was definitely like the first time or I went to a concert for a band that I genuinely liked, as opposed to just like tagging along with someone. And it was definitely one of those like, you know, epiphany moments where it's like, I get it. I, I get how people can really love a band so much. And I want to like, you know, follow them and go watch them on concerts. Like it's, it clicked. At least like that aspect, because mm-hmm. I never really had mm-hmm. a way to relate to a lot of people in that aspect until much later. But my biggest event outing easily has to go to the Godzilla Forest in Japan, because damn, it's like the perfect theme for Godzilla fans. You go through a museum, you get to act out being a little kaiju for a couple seconds and a little video with Godzilla next to you. And they also give, you know, a picture of that. And not to mention, you get to zip line into a one-to-one scale of Godzilla's head. And also watch, like, an exclusive movie they only have there explaining how Godzilla's head got there. And not to mention that park just also happens to have random Shin-chans all over the place. And Naruto statues and Demon Slayer and a bunch of other cool things. And, yeah, it's, like, probably some of the happiest moments, like, can think of it a long time, especially because I got to share it with my brother during, like, you know, definitely the year of Japan, because I did also go in January. So there was already a lot of things that it was competing with. And I think, like, a close second would be, like, the the Small World Museum. That thing was awesome, just seeing the miniature world of Evangelion come to life, as well as just a bunch of other miniature sets based around space or medieval times or, like, a city by the shore. And they also like 3d printed for us like tiny miniatures of ourselves that we just received about a week ago maybe two weeks ago and they're kind of creepy like up close (laughs) they look like like low res npcs that would normally be in the background but you zoom in on them so they're kind of like low you know they don't have a lot of detail to them but you could tell they're supposed to be people so you could tell it's supposed to be me but like from a little further away it's kind of uncanny. It looks like either someone either photoshopped a little version of me into my Lego set, which is where I currently have it right now, or it literally looks like someone just shrunk me. Like it's that uncannily well done. Like it even got my, even up close, you could tell, like I can tell what shoes I'm wearing, the specific pants I'm wearing. My, they got the backpack details right, even the specific shirt. Like Elvis's little miniature. We can tell that he's holding in his hand his little Godzilla figurine. He has a little thumbs up. Like, we definitely learned a lot from this one. And when we go back, hopefully next year, 
we're going to definitely make more practical poses or something I can use. Like, you know, maybe me sitting down, like I have that on my desk. It just looks kind of creepy. But yeah, Godzilla Forest in Japan, definitely my event outing of the year. A lot of great stuff this year, a lot of great concerts, but yeah, that that took the cake easily. How about you, Kevin? Mm, it's it's sort of a tie between, um, or like favorite outing wise, it's a tie between coming to our house, uh, New Orleans, and Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we went to New Orleans, all three of us, and mm-hmm. plus a few people for Jason's bachelor party. Um, and Andrew, that was really really fun. And Andrew, <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, well, I said friends. Uh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um, what was I saying? Uh, something that I love is is always being in a different city, or not being in LA with a couple of homies. I love that. Whether it's something as something as simple as you know, I I went to um, crap. Where did I go to? I went to a wedding earlier this year. I forgot where I went. I forgot where where that was at. Oh, Malibu. Even as, as something as trivial as Malibu, which, you know, is only like an hour drive to Vegas. But then, like, you know, we've gone to Tokyo together. Oh, sorry, Jason. Uh, we've, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, going to Austin with you guys. Or I, I love getting drunk in a city that is not L.A. with you guys. And we did it for a very special occasion. Obviously, Jason's bachelor party. Um, that was such a good time. It's I loved every trip. Yeah, I loved every second of it. Going to the casino, don't don't gamble, kids. But you know, I do I do my little gambling. I came up there, um, that was really really fun. And then uh, I talked about it a little bit. I think last quarantine, I went to Columbus, Ohio, to see the uh, MLS Cup final. LAFC versus Columbus Crew. LAFC unfortunately lost, but it was one of those other things where like I went with a bunch of coworkers, and once again, it's it's fun not being in LA, having a good time with friends. Um, not not taking a dig at LA or anything, but it's just nice being in a different setting with so people that you love and just having a good time. And I don't know, be, be, it's it's definitely between both of those places. Um, not sure who exactly I'd give the nod to. Uh, maybe Jason's bachelor party, just because you know of the of the reason that we went. You know, J- next episode, Jason's going to be a married man. This is true. And so yeah. You know, it's just, you know, it's a very special occasion. So for that, I'm going to give it to uh, New Orleans. Which I appreciate. It makes it so much weirder if I don't say it, too. Uh, (laughs) Well, actually, I was going to say um, I had on a separate because, you know, at the end on our quarantine list, we had like a miscellaneous. I was going to do an honorary quarantine to you guys and to the rest of the group that are involved in the wedding because it's a big ask to be like, hey, go rent these suits. Hey. Go to New Orleans, like take off two days of work, fly across the country. But the fact that like everyone I did, really and you guys did, and that oh yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the fact that you guys did and everyone did, like I did do an honorary quarantine for just like having awesome friends because it's it's a big ass. But no one hesitated. Everyone said yes. Everyone was able to do everything. Even for the bachelor party, we got a couple friends that weren't in the uh, among the groomsmen. Like we went beyond that, which was really cool. So it's like really cool to get like that big group of us together like that in a new safe for the same reason you're saying, Kevin, because it is really fun to explore somewhere new with friends. 
So that was going to be its own quarantine, but I'll, I'll interject it here so it doesn't seem like I'm like just <laughs> ignoring what you're saying when I get to my outing and concert and that sort of thing. Also, if I'm doing disclaimers, um, in the off chance my very soon-to-be wife uh, is listening to this post-wedding, I would like to remind her, we recorded this before the wedding, so if I don't say our wedding is the number one thing that hap- event that happened to me in 2023, that's why. It will be the number one thing, I'm sure. But this was recorded a few days before, so... um. Don't don't kick me out of the house, please. Thank you. Anyway, so with that said, um, I do have I did split the category myself to best concert and best outing. Um, like I said, I think I think the New Orleans trip was like a league of its own. But if I'm talking just like an outing or a little event, um, and I swear I'm not a broken record for picking video game related answers, but like that first time going Super Nintendo World in March was really cool. Um, interestingly, walking into the park, I wasn't as like overwhelmed or shell-shocked as I thought I would be about like oh my god it's like Mario come to life but once we started getting in line for Mario Kart once we started going to like Bowser Jr.'s castle once we started noticing the little details I feel like that's where I ended up being like the most nerdily excited I know nerdily is not a word but you know what I mean like that's when it like really was thinking like oh my god they built this whole thing and look at this and look at this in Bowser Jr.'s castle and look at this thing in the marker thing and look at that little and look at the book covers and look at the titles and look at the trophy like it just it just it like started building at that point and then doing the Mario Kart ride that first time, it's total sensory overload, but it was just like, it really felt like you're kind of in the game. And um, uh, uh, the power band and like the power up stuff, while the games themselves are just kind of carnival games, like just the way it integrates was super cool. And the whole experience was just like this thing I've been following and a fan of since I was like a little kid. It's like materialized as like this physical thing in front of me with all these winks and nods and all these like references to things I have experienced throughout life as a Nintendo fan. And it was just really cool to be able to experience that and to experience it to your point, Kevin, about like experiencing new things with friends to experience it with like two of my like biggest Nintendo nerd buddies, like literal Nintendo nerd buddies, like, you know, Angel and Elvis. That was a cool thing to do. It was really cool and kind of special. And again, it's one of those things like, you know, there could be another Nintendo theme park. They could do Donkey Kong country um, in Florida, which they are doing, but it's that first time where you're experiencing it for the first time. It's just, you know, really special um although shout out to meeting toad the other week when we went back to nintendo world because he's that toad costume is amazing you met him like three times i know and i would keep me him if i could but yeah it was it was a great experience and he whole and he lifts his arms up like he wants you to pick him up like he's a baby but he's also like a full-size costume so you can't do that but it was great um and i should say like it doesn't mean nintendo world's the best park it was the small things that made it because like this same year you know, Kevin, you were talking about experiencing new things. You and I and some others, we went to Disney World and Universal Island Adventure. And that was super fun. And that was probably, let's be honest, a bigger, better theme park than Nintendo World by a long shot. Uh, obviously, Disney World is going to be much better than the tiny Super Nintendo World that's more of a land. Um, and that was an incredible experience in its own right. But it's just like, the, the again, kind of lightning in the bottle of Nintendo World being Nintendo-themed. And it being the first time experiencing it, that like that was a really cool outing for me. Um, concert wise, I too, like Angel was saying, has been fortunate enough to been, been have gone to a lot of concerts this year. It was actually a stretch where I think over like four months, I I went to a show almost every two weeks. I did like like the back half since like June July has been stacked with shows. Um, but I think by far the most unique like elevated experience was going to the Sphere in Vegas to see you too. Um, and that's even taking into consideration that while I like you two, I don't know their music as well as some other acts I saw this year. Like I saw Coldplay for like the fifth or sixth time. I love Coldplay. You know, Kevin, we went to run the jewels. That was super fun. Tenacious D randomly did a DJ set to open it. Um, 
you know, saw Blink-182 and some other, and 30 Seconds Mars and some other bands at when we were Young Fest. Um, even like Taylor Swift, I know more of her music probably than you too, just because of my uh, fiance's obsession with Taylor Swift. But something about the U2 show, you know, I knew I knew a good number of songs, but we were really kind of going for the experience of the sphere. And like that really was a crazy new type of way to experience a concert. Like there are screens and people have elaborate sets, but it just something about it being all the way around you like that. The fact that it was so bright that it could be daylight if the inside, if they wanted it to be, it could be nighttime. They could do things where it looked like you're flying. They could do things where it looked like you were zooming. They could have helicopters come at you and they'd actually kick up a little wind and you would feel a breeze when the helicopter's there. And then when it flies away, the breeze goes away. Like it just felt like kind of a peek at what like the future concert production could be all set to some of the like most classic well-known like rock songs out there. So it was, it was a really cool experience. So I think I, for different reasons, I'm giving the outing award to Nintendo World, the concert award to the Sphere and U2, and like I was saying before, the honorary awesome friend Quarantini special award, kind of like the Lifetime Achievement Award to, to you guys and the rest of the gang that's part of the wedding later this week. So that that's my three for one. <laughs> um, yeah. Which which I guess brings us to a couple other uh, kind of new categories. I don't know if we've done these every year, but we're doing them this year. Um, first up, we want to do like a best technology or gadget quarantini which i think kevin that was your idea so would you like to favorite favorite not not best uh yeah favorite yes thank you um i don't have too much to say on this one but i i just thought maybe if if any of us had some we could talk about them uh i recently bought a widescreen monitor uh it's an alienware uh oled monitor uh this thing is great it the blacks on it it looks like the monitor's off and that's just the magic of OLED, baby. I mean, I got my <laughs> uh, my 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 LG OLED. That's my LG OLED TV, which is which is awesome. Although it doesn't get as much love as you know my my computer does, because I am a PC gamer. But man, this this OLED monitor is amazing. The like I said, I right now my my like screen background is just black. It's just like a black void. And as soon as I turn off the monitor, it's it's like, oh, did I really just turn off the monitor or did I just get rid of all the apps and taskbars on my on my computer? So I'm just, it just a just a little nod to this uh monitor. I'm having so much fun with it. I playing games on widescreen is, is really, really fun. I know Elvis, Angel's brother, has a widescreen monitor. That's pretty much what tempted me to get this thing. Um it's just really, really it's it's a really nice product that I got myself for Black Friday this year, so I'm just going to give it to my, my little Alienware monitor. Nice. And to yourself for getting it for yourself as a gift for yourself. Yeah. yeah. I was going to give it to my new Sony XM4s uh, because they're great on plane trips. The only thing that sucks about them is the fact that you have to download a, like a Sony app to connect them. It's just not through Bluetooth. Uh, yeah. Uh, so no. <laughs> on my trip to Ohio, uh, like I, I downloaded all like everything Monarch up to that point on my iPad Mini, but I totally forgot to download the Sony app, um. So I couldn't even use them on the trip over there. Instead, what I did was I just like put in my popped in my AirPods and then put my Sony's over them, and that worked fine enough. But uh, but yeah, just that that's the only knock that I have against the XM4s, just the fact that I needed to download that app didn't ruin the trip. And, like, on the way back, obviously, I downloaded the app because I had Wi-Fi at the hotel and everything. Um, but, yeah, I'll give it to my uh, my Alienware monitor. 
Congratulations, Alienware. I don't know why I always say every word like that, but Angel, do you have a gadget or gizmo or tech or anything that you want to shout out um, as a favorite? I guess the main one I want to shout out is um, I received a, a keyboard from the company Kevin Custom Keyboards, which I definitely <laughs> recommend um, not emulating the Mortal Kombat obsession with the K, even you only have three words. Oh, for Kevin Custom Keyboards? Yeah, that would be, yeah. that would be yeah. great to use Ks. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But yeah, I mean, Really can't really sing the praises of this keyboard enough. Um, it's been a pleasure using it, and I've enjoyed it so much that I like went back to get another custom one that I'm gonna get for work, which I really, really am excited about. You know, even getting to do some of the puzzles with Kevin, just picking out the different colors of you know the base, the keys, and bouncing around different maybe ideas. Like two hours on that. Yeah, it was fun, and we ultimately came on a. Then I was very happy with. I think we came like full circle. I wanted to do it like got a war theme, but then we couldn't really find anything that kind of worked. Then we went through Transformers, and Ava was kind of always kind of lingering around. But then you found these keycaps that just were like just perfect. Just cue the the Homelander perfect quote right there. But mm-hmm. but yeah, definitely the Kevin's custom keyboards. I think you can find them on on the Googles and all that. Otherwise, and have- this. Yeah, I was just saying, this oh. is how you work in in an award show, proper integrated marketing. We have mentioned Kevin's keyboards multiple times throughout <laughs> the episode, and no one even picked up on it until now that we were marketing it, although we probably weren't. But it seems like we were in retrospect. But, but yeah, so yep. that's K- how you K- do it. But K3, yep, just call it K3. Yeah, better than <laughs> K. Yeah, K3. Now that E3 is officially dead. Um, we need a different letter in front of a three, so we can do K. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There um, you go. So technology-wise, I wasn't even thinking about this category until you mentioned it when we were playing this, Kevin. Um, I have one that should be the winner, and I feel like I should talk about this experience because it just happened, and then I have what's actually the winner. So what should be the winner in concept is I rode in a fully self-driving car the other week, like a Waymo car with no one in it but me in the back seat and the car driving itself. And they've been they've been testing these cars around my neighborhood for a couple months now. And I don't know if you guys have seen them ever if you're on the west side of LA or anything, but basically they're these white Jaguar like I-Paces or something like the little mini SUV. And they just have like all these extra cameras on them and like a spinner on top and like LiDAR and radar, like all these extra sensors. And they just kind of like drive around and do stuff. And I've seen them so much that I was like, I really want to, like, go into one and, like, ride in one. And I was able, through the power of Twitter, to get an invite code to down, you know, for the Waymo app to sign myself up for a ride. I had, like, 48 hours where I could ride free. I thought it was one ride only. So I, like, planned a whole elaborate route where, like, they're just outside my, like, their little testing area is just outside where I live. So I had to, like, go park at my fiance's dad's house and like pick up the car there then i had it take me for like seven minutes overshoot a restaurant that i could then walk back to and then walk from the restaurant back to where i parked my car because i thought it was only like a one-way trip of course once i get dropped off i look at the app it's like oh do you need a ride back and i'm like oh well i'm already walking oh well <laughs> but but um so i took like a seven minute ride in this car and it's like it really does feel like the future like, it, it pulls up there's no one in it obviously you uh on the top the little spinner you guys remember at like E3 and other conventions, there's this little like fake hologram things where they spin something really fast and it looks like there's like a hovering logo or art or something kind of. Like I think we saw it at E3 with like Crash and Spyro over the years, um, like Activision would use it. But they do that 
with your initials. So when the car rolls up, you know it's yours because it says like JR or whatever. And then um, you unlock the car with the app. You get in the car and the car talks to you. It goes like quite literally. Hello, Jason. Welcome aboard. Uh, feel free to get comfortable and, you know, uh, buckle up. And then when you're ready, hit press start on the console by your feet and we'll get going. And then you press it and then off you go. And you're in a car with no driver that is driving you. And it is strange. It's kind of surreal. It's kind of cool. It's um, it's interesting to watch that as you go. It's, it's pretty safe. It drives pretty safely. But it makes all these like micro adjustments to the steering wheel. So even when you're going straight, the steering wheel is flying around more than I think it would if there's a human holding it. Because it's not like, I don't know why. Maybe it's like not steadied in the same way or doesn't have the same weights or something. But it looks like you should be <laughs> kind of swerving in the lane. But you're staying pretty steady. It didn't like come close to clipping anything. If there's a parked car that's too far out or someone by a car or whatever, it would just, you know, swerve around them. It would avoid oncoming traffic. It, it, was a, it was like a real car ride with like a real person. You could turn on music in the back. They had like preset iHeart radio stations they could choose from. Um, and then like as you approach your destination, you get there, it kind of pulls over and then it just says out loud like thank you and you get out of the car. And it was weird because I didn't know who to say thank you to because I'm alone in the car but I felt obligated. So I just said thank you out loud and I realized I felt like a fool when saying that because I was literally saying it to a robot. Um, but yeah, I'll have to show you guys the video sometime but it was it really felt like a taste of the future. And it should, in concept, be my favorite technology of the year just because, like, when else are you in a car that you feel like a ghost is driving you? Like, it looked like the way the wheel was moving, that ghost was driving. Um, but it doesn't get my award. What does get my award is Photoshop's generative fill feature. And I kind of touched on this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about, like, the Wendy's um, AI drive through and how I was saying, like, AI is becoming so, like, kind of integrated and stuff. You don't even think about it. So Photoshop has always had content-aware filters where if you – or not always, but in the last few years – where if you, like, cut something out or expand something, it will try and fill the gap with what's around it, and they've sucked, frankly. But, um, yeah, this generative fill and the AI that powers it, it's crazy how good it is. Like, stuff – and I sort of said this a few episodes ago, but stuff that I would used to do for our podcast banners, like extend – backgrounds extend art do you remove a logo whatever i'd have to sit there for hours and manually cut it out with like you know a clone and overlay it's like a clone stamp or whatever and it would be a long process i circle it i type remove logo it's gone 30 seconds later and behind it is a perfect whatever which should have been back there if it's like the sky if it's a mountain whatever it gets a little trickier if you try and remove like fancy stuff so like i was actually messing with a piece of super nintendo world art and trying to remove mario from the foreground so it'd just be nintendo world behind it um, that it had a little trouble with. It kind of came up with a few options. You can like toggle different variations of it when you put the prompt in, like which one you like. But at the end of the day, the amount of time it saved, like I, there are a few times I'm literally like, this is crazy, like out loud or like, wow. And I couldn't tell you how many times I actually said that as I was using Janet Phil. And I've been using it for over a month now. And I still keep going like, I can't, like how, like what? Like it's, it's, I'm probably driving Rachel insane because she's sitting next to me every time I'm doing it. And she's like, yes, yes, it, it does that. But, but um, yeah, no, it's just mind blowing. Um, so that gets my favorite tech of the year. Not ChatGPT, not Dolly, just the thing that takes the background and makes it replace something that was there before it. Um, but yeah, it, it's crazy. It's so impressive. Um, and if you're wondering why I'm photoshopping, those of you who are attending uh, my wedding layers leak, so mainly you two, um, you'll find out. It's tied into the wedding. So that's all I'll say about that. Damn. That's my award. 
Well, yes. Very much deserved, uh, I guess, Jason for his photoshopping. No, I, I'm not getting it's not even his Photoshop. It's, 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 it's AI. Yeah, I'm not photoshopping. The, the generative Phil is photoshopping for me. Right. I'm knowing what to type, and it does the rest. Right. Right. But yes, to to the robots, to the robots. Congrats, robots. Even the driving robot, just for existing. Um, I think we have two more categories before we wrap up this year's wonderful award show. First up is an, another new one this year: our favorite online video, not from a subscription service. So we're talking a video we like on YouTube, a video we like on on Instagram Reels, on TikTok. If we're hip with the Gen Zers, um, whatever it is, what's a video you really enjoyed or keep going back to? And this, I believe, Kevin, you suggested this. So would you like to kick it off? Yeah, I've got a. Actually, like a few contenders um, from some of my favorite YouTubers, um, or not necessarily some of my favorite YouTubers, but a lot of channels that I love watching. Like, you know, uh, I think Angel talked about Dead Meat at some point, uh, the horror YouTube channel, or like the horror movie YouTube channel. And he had, or the team behind that had like a lot of great videos this year. Um, obviously, one that I loved was uh, the one on the kill count on Saw X. But then he's he also did a video on Too Many Cooks. You guys remember Too Many Cooks, right? Yep, yep. Adult yeah, swim, like right? he had a video on Too Many Cooks. That was really, really fun as well. Um, and then I also love this uh, YouTube channel called Cosmonaut Variety Error. I don't know if you guys have ever seen or I, Jason, I'm, you're, I'm sure as hell you've never seen it. Yeah, I was Have you say. ever seen anything, Angel? <laughs> uh, doesn't sound familiar. Okay, well, well, he does, like, a lot of, not necessarily deep dives, but he does, like, a lot of, like, superhero content and uh, a lot of video game content. And uh, he did a 40-minute video on Spider-Man Lotus, the uh, Spider-Man fan film that came out a while ago. Uh, that video was really fun. But my, the, my favorite, like, new video that I saw this year came from um, this YouTuber called H-Bomber Guy, um, whose real name is Harris. Uh, but it's actually not a video that he released this year. It's a video that he released last year, um, that I really, really enjoyed. And it's called, uh, the Roblox oof dot MP3. Um, this video is essentially a two hour deep dive on, well, you guys know the oof, right? Mm-hmm. Oof. Mm-hmm. And so this video starts off as Harris trying to find out the origins of this. And he quickly, quickly finds that the origin of like where it came from. But then he falls down like a deep rabbit hole um, regarding the people behind the noise. And it becomes this very, very strange topic, but it's so entertaining. The video is two hours long. It's the length of a, of a movie. And honestly, that video is better than a lot of the movies that I saw this year. It's just so entertaining. It's it's up there with like some of my favorite documentaries. It's not even a documentary, but it's up there with like some of my favorite documentaries, like the Fire Festival doc, docs that I love so much. Oh, those um, are great. Yeah, yeah. Like I would if I was gonna say if you're interested, no, I would just just watch this video, even if you're not interested in Roblox, because this video has nothing really to do with Roblox. Oh, hmm. I would say it has to do with Roblox as much as. The social network has to do with Facebook. Like, it's not it's more a video about, the about Roblox. And about the, or more exactly. about the people involved than the actual subject. Yeah. yeah. Than the actual subject of it. Yeah. It's it's a it's a wild two-hour deep dive. 
I've and actually if you like heard that. of this before. So the fact that like it's made the rounds, even though I, you know, am not that clued into YouTube culture, like yeah, that seems to speak yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. super it's super super well done. Um, and then H Bomber guy, I guess my second favorite video would be a video that he released actually like not too long ago. I think at the beginning of December. It's a four hour video on the not the rampant plagiarism, but about plagiarism within some huge names in the YouTube community. Um, like two hours of that is just dedicated to this one uh, video essayist. Um, and like the ripples that that had within the last month itself, that video itself is, is like, it's crazy. Um, yeah. H bomber guy puts out some, like some really, really awesome videos. Uh, he's behind. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that clip of Ben Shapiro talking about like the, the rising sea levels. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that video. Oh, and he busts through the wall. And he busts through the wall like, and says, yeah, who's going to yeah. buy it? Aquaman. So that's the guy behind these videos. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a super oh. he's a super cool cool guy. Yeah. He's got he's got a bunch of like his videos are really really long, but they're very very entertaining. Uh like I said this these two videos, one's about plagiarism, the other one's about the Roblox oof. But like he also has a video on Ruby, the Rooster Teeth show. Mm-hmm. Then he's got like a video on what was it? He's got a video on like Fallout New Vegas that's uh, like 2 hours long as well. But then, like, he goes or he bounces around, like, that video was, was, uh, the Ben Shapiro one was about, uh, climate denial. Um, yeah, it's, uh, that guy's got some good videos. It's, he's really, really good. Uh, but, yeah, the Roblox oof video is definitely my favorite. <laughs> so, uh, that's my favorite, uh, that's my favorite video that I saw this year. Well, matter of time till they add to the video's description, that's the winner of a 2023 quarantini. Yeah, I'm about to tweet at him right now. Yeah, you should. <laughs> uh, what about you, Angel? Anything? What about you, Jason? All right, fine. Okay. Is that you buying time? I'll take it. So there's two. One is a very recent discovery that may or may not be tied into some of the Photoshop work I'm doing that may or may not be tied into the Wang that you may or may not find out about in a few days. But for those who aren't going to the Wang, I will probably share online some of the um, what this is. But I recently dove into... Um, I know I'm a little late to the game, but Defunct Land, like the YouTube channel that's all about like oh, yeah. failed and abandoned theme park ideas and stuff like Disney Quest, which I actually went to in Chicago, like Disney's indoor arcade theme park thing. Uh, I didn't realize when I went that I was like it was only open for like two years total. But um, when I was like 10 or something, we just stumbled across it. I was like, this is so cool. And I, I had such I have such fond memories of my one afternoon there. Only to find out the entire concept failed and it was shut down quickly. But uh, anyway, yeah, so I've been watching some of his stuff, um, like some of his older stuff. Like I just got into um, – I'm up to the episode about the history of DCA, Disney California Adventure, and like how it was supposed to be like a Western Epcot at one point called Westcott, which is a great name, um, or at least the precursor to it was. So yeah, he's been really fun if we're talking about like a YouTuber who like puts some effort into these kind of long-form videos. If we're talking about just a video, uh, I mentioned earlier when Angel referenced Toad singing – uh toad singing that this this would come back around um so for years and angel has heard it i think kevin i probably showed it to you before uh there's been this video of toad singing sia's chandelier so it's the toad voice screeching the chorus of chandelier and it was usually the video was just like a static drawing of like toad i recently was shown a cg animated music video for this song 
It's him swinging on a chandelier. For some reason, the room's on fire. It's not a direct nod to the Sia music video. It's like kind of like a separate story arc or storyline for this video. But nonetheless, I now have a 3D animated version of Toad singing chandelier that came from either TikTok or Instagram or something that I have gone back to multiple times. Uh, so if we're talking like legit, like long form content, Defunct Land gets my quarantini. If we're talking wacky video you can't get enough of definitely it's like kind of the rebirth of toad singing chandelier in my life with the uh animated one i'll send it to you guys after this but it's uh it's it's magical in all the probably worst ways but it's it's magical yeah oh. all right andrew i bought you time your turn yeah so i think um two channels that i definitely started watching a lot more of or just come to appreciate a lot with one by joe haver and one by Antiago Catarino, Joe Haber. He is his is more like he's more like a sketch comedian or you know short films, some of their live action sketches. But I got to know his channel through his, I guess we'll call it rotoscoped animated stuff, where it's basically just him talking in a very like dry, candid voice, and yeah, I've just enjoyed like, all, <coughs> all his videos. And eventually, because I would just watch those animated ones. Um, I guess I thought, like, uh, maybe I'll check out his live action stuff. Cause you know, it's, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm having like a coughing fit, but essentially, you know, I figured I'd give it a shot too. And yeah, they were still just as funny and it makes sense. Cause it's the same person, same type of humor, just live action instead of with this animated filter over it. And I think like one that I usually come back to once in a while or one of his specific videos is one where Funky Kong is no, not Funky Kong. Where, um, <coughs> oh, sorry, where <coughs> Lanky Kong is watching the DK rap for the first time and not realizing that he's being played as like the butt of the joke of the Kongs, and his reactions are just like really great because it's like you know like he has style, he has no, he has no, he has no style, he has no grace, and then he just pauses like 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 what? Like I, I didn't know you guys were gonna make fun of me. You guys just told me to act silly or something like that. You know, it's like that that kind of humor. And right. they, they just does it so well. I definitely recommend you it's check true, out though. Joe Haber. It's true, though, that Kong does have a funny face, just to yeah. finish the lyric. And then um, Tiago Catarino, who I could definitely thank or hate for my, I guess, new appreciation for LEGO and collecting LEGO. Because he's just like a LEGO review channel, but... What makes him stand out is that he was a Lego designer that retired to just go do YouTube full time. And he had done that for many years and his reviews are just always incredibly insightful. And damn, he is very like particular. Like I it's not often like I hear like reviewers like rip apart like sets before. Like usually they're trying to be nicer, especially if they gave them the set. But yeah, yeah, I think because he has that instead of like what designers have to go through to get like what's approved and how the engineering process happens or like why certain things have stickers while some things are printed. Not to mention like, you know, when he was reviewing like the other set, he was saying how like, oh yeah, this set has these brand new like half quarter inch like yellow pieces that, you know, he always calls it like whenever a piece is brand new or whenever a piece is repurposed. Like I like there was one where like, oh, the museum set that came out last month uses the Minecraft dog upside down to create gargoyle statues, like, at the top, like, along the rim of the museum. Or it uses, like, snakes painted in copper, like, in black 
to create like these ornate park benches or stuff like that. You know, stuff that I probably would never notice. And it's definitely made me just a bigger fan of Lego in general. And, and especially like, you know, when he does call out when like Lego is being cheap or when he's like, yeah, like this set is not worth the price or this set is really worth the price. And yeah, it's <coughs> sorry. It's a really great channel, but so I definitely run both of those, yeah, both of those, especially if you're interested in or have a passing curiosity of Lego. But if we're going to just call a specific video, I've probably watched that idol music video, especially the one from the live performance in Japan. Jesus, I wish I knew what stadium that was. It might be Tokyo Stadium. That thing looks nuts. But I think it's from their official channel as well. But I've probably watched that every day since I came back from Japan. And I still do. But yeah, those are my picks. <laughs> I think for the specific videos, like my Toad one and your Lanky Kong one, we'll, we'll link to those in the blog post of Ramtown.com for this episode so people can actually check out what we're talking about specifically because it's not like we're going to recite off URLs here. So I guess you can <laughs> yeah. just look up the guy's name, but we're not going to be like – if you go to watch question mark equals W capital U, you like, – yeah, well, we'll put him there. Which brings us now to the final – category which is kind of the open submit your own you know fill in the blank angel you're saying about maybe a miscellaneous category was there anything you want to put in the miscellaneous category uh, yeah i think just like you know favorite collectible this year i think i would definitely have to give it to which you know alluding to the or tying it back to the tiago channel the lego channel i definitely bought more lego sets in general this year than i probably ever have specifically the himeji castle and the japanese like rock garden Damn, they're just so awesome. And I love that they're in this micro scale that they don't take up a ton of shelf space. Actually, don't take up that much shelf space, actually. But they still feel very prominent. Like, when you see the castle, like, in its full little glory, like, it feels substantial. And the fact that they still manage to squeeze in a bunch of little Easter eggs in there, especially in the instruction booklet, they call out a bunch of, like, historical details about it, why certain designs are a certain way. And even, like, for Christmas, um... One of the neat gifts, I just said I got neat gifts, um, was a micro-scale version of the castle from Disneyland, which I already built, oh, nice. and it's really, really cool. Like, it looks awesome, and I love that it's small. Actually, no, it's not to scale with my mini with my miniature, but it's... I was actually about to ask you that. That's it's funny. close <laughs> enough that I, it would look like something you would find in a mini-golf <laughs> land, maybe slightly bigger. So, I'll probably still take a picture with my miniature next to it. But, yeah, definitely the Lego. I did buy a lot of Godzilla stuff this year as well, but a lot of it hasn't even arrived or what I'm most looking forward to. So that will probably end up in next year's. But, yeah, Lego. I I mean, I still have the potted plants and the succulents up in the closet that I still have to build. So, yeah, if it's not plants or something Japanese-related or something Nintendo-related, like the wave portrait from the Lego art, collection that thing is awesome yeah i don't know i don't know why i ignored legos for so long either but i am glad i you know better late than never but yeah that's that was my miscellaneous my collectible or thing kevin did you have any added categories you want to throw in hmm. <laughs> oh mysterious you know what <laughs> i do um 
so I really got into keyboards <laughs> with the last two years. And with keyboards, uh, the big thing is obviously the board itself, the switches and the keycaps. Uh, mm-hmm. I bought some keycaps uh, that I really, really, really love. Uh, and I bought, like, it's not even just the keycaps for myself. It's, uh, you know, keycaps that I bought for you guys, for other friends as well. Um, I think I got the the GMK Kaijus for Angel. I got you... I forgot what the name of them are. I don't actually know because I just kind of took it as it was displayed to me and went, this is very nice and didn't dig deeper because I just... Yeah, yeah. I, I, forgot, <laughs> I forgot what they're called, but those are really nice keycaps as well. They are. Um, I could but the set that, that yeah. I am most fond of are the Wuke Studios uh, Yamanote line keycaps. Um, as the name may imply, there's a keycap set that its color scheme mirrors the color scheme of the Yamanote line in Japan, uh, also known as the JR line. Uh, so the keycaps are like are gray, and the uh, lettering is is uh, is black. But then the little accent pieces are green, that nice like JR green. Uh, I don't know. Have I shown you guys them? I don't think I so. Don't think no. Sure. Yeah, I don't think you have. I think Angel would 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 really really like these. Uh, too bad, Angel. We already uh. They're mine, cannot be yours. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you. I'll give you. I think. I think once you guys see them, you'll know what it. Oh yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, they're nice, right? Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Line. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, those are those are probably my favorite. I I have a bunch of favorites that I got. Uh, these GMK Terror Belows, which are like these Cthulhu set keycaps for our buddy, uh, uh, Kevin Montenegro. I still need to make his keyboard. Um. Yeah, that's keycaps are are some of the most fun part about building a uh uh a keyboard. Oh, a runner up are my uh my DMG threes, uh, which are the color scheme of the old Game Boys, of the, oh, the very first nice. Game Boys. Yeah, yeah, those are those are. Oh, really, you showed really us nice that. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I showed that was you those. super cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Those are really nice keycaps. Typically, make or break a a keyboard's aesthetic right uh more than the board does or than the switches because the switches are you know you you don't see the switches you hear them but you don't see them uh but yeah i would give a those are my my little favorite collection are keycaps for sure but my favorite that i've ordered this year are those yamanote lines i still haven't gotten them i still need a board to actually put them on but uh yeah the keycaps love them congrats to Keycaps. Keycaps. Yep. <laughs> All right, I got one. I got one. That I wasn't gonna say, but since we're going, we're going into miscellaneous. Here we go. I would like to give a 2023 quarantini to bread. I got just to kind of put a bookend on a conversation we had earlier in the year. I check in on Foursquare Swarm app everywhere I go, and I got my year in review a week ago. My top five places are all bread related. Sandwich shop. I've been to 46 of them this in 2023. Coffee shop. I've been to 41, of which the majority was a place called Bravo Toast in West Hollywood, which, as the name implies, serves bread. Uh, fast food restaurants, 39. Burger joints, which are somehow different from fast food restaurants, 39, where I get burgers at both. And bakeries, 38. So if you add that up, I'm having bread like two-thirds of the year. So really – whether it's things in bread, on bread, beside bread, just shout out to bread for being apparently my favorite food it's, or part shout of all my favorite bread. foods. Yeah. So 
I mean, that was the spot I was going to do the honorary quarantini to you guys and the rest of our friend group. But once I said that earlier, I had to figure out something else. So you were all usurped by bread. So there you go. Usurped. Yes. By bread. Um, And I assume there's nothing else you guys want to say at this point, or do we have any? Well, I guess your bread, I mean, I did have one piece of curry from a restaurant called Kokuchi Banyo World that, damn, easily my favorite curry I've ever had. Is that the place you tried to take me to, but the line was too long? Um, that's just regular Kokichi Banya. This one was in Japan because it's the little one. Oh, got you, got you. But I mean, they're basically yeah, it's like the same thing. But this one just had the curry they had there had like basically melted cheese in the curry as well as like a couple of extra things added to the um, the fried pork and the rice. And damn, it was. I need to steal that recipe or just try to emulate it as best as I can because that was amazing. So I'll definitely give Kokiji Banyo World like my favorite food from a restaurant this year, easily. But all right, well, in the interest of fairness, Kevin, do you have a favorite food that you want to give a quarantini to? Either an ingredient uh, or a dish. Hiro Nori this is a uh, tonkatsu ramen. Is probably the best ramen that I've had in uh, in Los Angeles. So that's one you that. took me to. Yep. Yeah, it was very good. I can attest. Give it to that. All right, there pretty we go. freaking good. And I guess like any old award show, it, we just sort of stop. I feel like no award show knows how to end well. Sometimes they try and do a big musical ending, and then they just – a lot don't, and it just stops. So I think we're just going to stop unless there's anything else. I think that'll do it. Yeah. All right. Take it home. Well, con- congratulations to all our 2023 quarantine winners. Your awards are not in the mail. Uh, you can definitely, though, continue to hear our thoughts well into the new year because we'll be back in 2024 with more Random or Nintendo where we'll be discussing all the content as we consume it only to then recap everything we said throughout the year at the 2024 Quarantinis. So to make sure you don't miss any of that, you can follow us on all the podcasting apps. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube. Our channel is Random Nintendo at Ram Nintendo, which is also our twitter handle which i still refuse to call x um and i think if you want individually to see what we're up to you can find me at jsr7 on threads and twitter you can find kevin at kvngomi on twitter and you can find angel at wero world of weros at uh on instagram for visual versions of his thoughts um but i think that just about does it uh am i forgetting anything Mm, no i think that's it Okay, I guess see you in 2024, everyone. And in the meantime, um, Kevin, take us home with the final word. Uh, Jason's going to be a married man next episode. Yay! Yay!